Welcome everyone. We're so glad that you joined us today here online. I'm Sarah. This is Micah. We're the pastors at the Vine Church. And we really hope that you are staying cool this weekend. My goodness, this heat wave, it is intense. So, well, thank you for joining us online. Hopefully you're sitting comfortably in an air-conditioned place as you watch today. So, hey, uh, we have been in a series in Ephesians. Uh, last few weeks, we've been looking at the book of Ephesians. We looked at Paul, the author, the Church of Ephesus, and the reality that really it was probably written to a broader uh, number of churches in that region. Um, and, and we begin the last couple weeks, we were in chapter one, where Paul, in excited or passionate terms, describes all that has been accomplished in Christ and in Christ, the spiritual blessings that we have received, the incredible wealth of blessings and opportunity that God has provided for us through Christ. Last week, we looked at then Paul goes on to say, but this is my prayer for you. You've already received all these blessings. Christ has already accomplished all this. Oh my goodness. So here's my prayer for you that you would know God. That you would know God more fully. And it's this beautiful prayer uh, for the Ephesians and for us and for followers of Jesus to come. And so today we continue the story as we begin chapter 2. Yes. And I love, love, love Ephesians. Before we jump into Ephesians 2, though, um, I want to tell you that I've been dabbling in some DIY projects, you know. And sometimes they're dangerous when you get in there and you think you can do it. But I actually accomplished one and completed it and it turned out great we had this um dining room table it was square just the right height fit in the space so we wanted to keep it but it looked terrible um and every time i sat it i could see just all the paint peeling and all the scratches in it and so i decided i'm going to actually tackle this project i've been talking about it for two two years now actually going to tackle it and so it took me about two weeks i was super excited at the beginning in the middle of it, I was like, why? Why did I do this to myself? But by the end, um, I'm so pleased with how it turned out. And I was flipping through my phone uh, just a couple days ago, and I ran across the before pictures because I hadn't ever put the, two, the before picture and the after picture side by side. And so I completed this project a few weeks ago, kind of got used to the new table, didn't even notice it anymore. And then I saw that before picture and I was like, whoa, that was a big transformation. It the power of the before and the after picture was was quite stark. And so that's what Paul is gonna do for us in this passage that we're gonna read today. And the first part of Ephesians two, he, he's gonna look at the before and the after picture and put them side by side. All right, let's see what he has to say. Ephesians two, one through nine. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath, but... Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. 
And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So these 10 verses are just jam-packed full of stuff. I want to break it down, and I want to break it up into three sections, three main sections. Verses 1 through 3, this is Paul looking back. This is the before picture where Paul is saying, look back and let's remember what life was like without Christ. And then verses 4 through 9 is God's response. So what is God's response to that? What does God do for us? And then verse 10, who are we today? So we're going to start off by, by going back. We're going to break it up uh, bit by bit. And then we'll look at the zoom out and look at the big picture again. So we'll just read verses 1 through 3 and talk about that first of all. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Wow. That's that's a pretty stark He does not picture. paint a beautiful picture of the before, right? And no. so let's let's dive into it. In fact, let's talk about sin, a subject we all love to talk about. No, we don't. <laughs> In fact, uh, it's a subject that's quite offensive and challenging to some of us. Uh, here, Paul is writing about it. So let's explore what he's saying and, and what he's getting into here. Sin can be challenging to talk about for a number of reasons. First of all, uh, when we feel convicted or called out, uh, it's easy mm -hmm. to feel on the defensive. Uh, secondly, the way scripture addresses the subject of sin, both combining the Old Testament and the New Testament, is quite complex. In fact, it speaks in diverse ways about what sin is and what it represents in the world and how it plays out in the lives of people. For today's conversation, as we look at Ephesians, we're going to work with a pretty simple working definition of sin. Um, that is disobedience and rebellion that we have a tendency towards. Disobedient and, and rebellion. It also um, has to do with like a disregard for or opposition to the will of God. So we are rebelling against or we are disobeying God's will and intention for humanity. And this you know, it goes back to creation and this is good, God says, and yet humanity lived in rebellion against what God had created and intended. And so, uh, so Paul here uses, um, the, the conversation of sin and he likens sin or, or life trapped in sin to death. He says, you were dead in your transgressions and sin. Now, Jesus said some similar things to this. Um, for instance, like Jesus was accused of being the friend of sinners. They said that in a negative sense. And Jesus He's like, yep, I yeah. sure am. <laughs> in, in fact, and he said flat out, hey, I have come to call the sinners. Uh, I've come to the sick, not the healthy. Right. And so Jesus acknowledged uh, that there was sin. But he says, I am drawn towards because Jesus 
is the solution to this. And Paul goes on to explain that in this passage as well. Um, Paul, when he was in Athens, he's speaking to um, Gentile people, people of other nations and other religions. Mm-hmm. And uh, in Acts chapter 17, um, he's describing to them God, the God, uh, very different from the gods that they worship in Athens. He says, this God created all of this world. It was good. And and this God is not far off, but he is actually involved in the happenings of this world and the lives of people. Uh, in at verse 28, he says, for in him we live and move and have our being, right? It describes, so Paul uses this illustration uh, in Ephesians um, of death to life. In him we have our being, our very breath, our very life is found in him. So sin uh, brings death um, and Christ brings life is the illustration that Paul is working with mm-hmm. here. Yeah. And Paul, in, in this passage, as he's talking about sin, he mentions the ruler of the kingdom of the air. And that's a very um, abstract phrase there and title, but that's simply referring to Satan, the deceiver, the liar, the destroyer, destroyer, the one who is against God. So as he's talking about sin, he's saying also there's there's this ruler of the kingdom of the air and there's a spiritual battle going on. And later in Ephesians, Paul's going to pick this thing back up and he's going to talk about the spiritual battle and, and the forces at work um, in our world and, and how we stand up to Satan with the armor of God. So just put that on hold a second, and then we'll get back to that as we get to the end of the So Ephesians. he speaks of sin. He speaks of the forces of evil in the world. And if that wasn't enough, his capstone statement here <laughs> is... This is a hard, tough one for us. We were by nature deserving of yes. wrath. Ouch, Paul. Wow. You know, what's interesting about what he's doing here is first he's speaking to the Gentiles, the non-Jewish believers in this region around Ephesus. And he's saying, you were dead in your sins and transgressions. And then he goes on in the verses to come to say, and we too were caught up in that same thing. So Israel and everyone in the world, hey, we all find ourselves on a level playing field. Uh, That is, we were caught up in the evil of this world and in sin and by nature deserving of wrath. And I want to, I want to reframe this maybe a little bit. The word wrath is not a beautiful one, um, but it's there for good reason. Uh, wrath, uh, as he describes it, is not like an uncontrolled temper. Uh, it describes a God who is passionately against sin and the evil in the world that harms his good creation. And now this, it might be hard to wrap our minds around the wrath of God against sin and evil. However, when, um, consider like the injustice in the world and the hurt in the world, the genocides and the abuse and the hate crimes and the things that are happening. And when injustice comes to our doorstep, like when we experience unjust things, I, I know we desperately want someone in our corner who mm-hmm. cares that this hurts that I need mm-hmm. I need help in this moment and what this describes is a god who cares deeply about the injustices in the world and is working against those forces mm. the the you're right cuz when that happens to us we want we want a god that is just the uncomfortable part here mm-hmm. is that paul is talking about all sinners including all of us. Mm, He says, all of us are by nature deserving 
of wrath. And here's here's where where my mind goes with it. God as a good and holy and perfect God, God as a loving God, um, isn't going to settle when it comes to sin. And sin, if if sin is being disobedient or against God or something that is not aligned with God, God is not going to settle even for a little bit of that. And so often it's our nature to categorize sin and say, well, some sin's not so bad and this sin's bad. And, and we kind of put it on a sliding scale. And that's not what God does. God doesn't gloss over sin and settle for some and not others. His desire as a good and loving God, his desire for us, his desire for creation is, is wholeness and, and complete health and goodness and love, all of which is found in Christ. Okay. So uh, this is the before picture. Again, right. Right. So Paul is describing sin and evil and the fact that we are all complicit in it in mm -hmm. this world. It's a rough picture that he paints, but depending on your life experience, it may make a lot of sense to you or it might still be challenging. And that's OK. Uh, he describes this before picture. And then and then the question it begs is, so what do we do about it? No, it's not what we do. <laughs> It's what does God do about it? So this is how he continues in verse four. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And here's that like stark boom before and after picture that we were talking about right after Paul, you know, talks about uh, wrath and we think of wrath of God. Paul then says, and hey, here are, here's the God that we serve. Here's the characteristics of the God that we serve. This God is motivated by great love. And elsewhere in scripture, we're told that God is love. God is love. He, he, um, that, that's who he is. And so God is motivated by great love. Everything he does stems out of this great love. And then also Paul says, God who is rich in mercy mm -hmm. of all the things, I mean, that God has, I mean, abundance and he's God. Paul points out here, he's rich in mercy, this mm -hmm. compassion for people, this favor for people. This is the God we are serving. And so, yes, there's a bleak before picture, but here's God motivated by his great love, rich in mercy. God made us alive with Christ. Absolutely. Yeah, made us alive with Christ. This is that contrast, again, the before and after. He said, once you were dead in your sins and transgressions, mm -hmm. but now in Christ, you have been given new life. There's this beautiful story in Acts chapter three. It's Peter and he's heading into the temple and there's a crippled man begging by the temple gate. And uh, this man, likely his whole life has begged to, to survive at least his adult life. And here he is saying, can you give me something, some bread, some money, something? And Peter says, hey, uh, um, I don't have any money, but what I have, I'll give to you. And he says, stand up and walk. And this man, for the first time in his life, uh, his feet hold underneath him. He stands and he begins leaping and celebrating. He enters the temple for the first time in his life, likely, because he, under Jewish law, he wouldn't have been allowed in there. 
because of his ailments. And so for the first time he enters the temple and he's just acting a fool. I mean, this guy is jumping <laughs> and celebrating fool, yeah. and making a scene. It's this beautiful moment. I mean, he had new the before and after, like this moment, this life changing experience. And, and, and I, that just came to my mind this week as I was thinking this contrast between you were once dead and now you are alive in this moment of rejoicing that it would be were we to fully grasp that we have been freed, that we have been given new life, new hope, new opportunity, and we leap with joy over that. And Paul says that it is by grace that you have been saved, that we have been saved. And he's going to talk more about grace. So as we continue, let's read from verse 6. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so no one can boast. Okay, so he says, not only have you been raised from the dead, uh, been given new life, but you have been seated with Christ. Mm -hmm. Like the place of Christ is your place now. And it says, you've been seated with him in the heavenly realms, which I think... Our, our mind would often go to heaven away, you know, right. up in the clouds. I don't think that's what it's talking about. Uh, Christ is alive um, and he is ushering into this world the kingdom of God. And we have been seated with him. We have give, been given a, a prominent, not in that we deserve a lot of credit, but we have been given a, a significant place in this kingdom to participate at the right hand of Jesus Christ. We have been seated with him to partner with him in the ushering in of God's goodness and healing in this world. Mm-hmm. And Paul says that that he's done this, that he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. This goes back to the character of God. Grace is this unmerited favor, this undeserved gift. And he, it's interesting. This is the second time that Paul uses the word riches. You know what? I don't know what you think of when you think of riches. And, you know, most of us probably think of money or gold or uh, a big house or lots of items. Um, and of all the things that that Paul chooses to describe guys is the the incomparable riches of his grace is overflowing mm-hmm. abundant supply of grace expressed to us in his kindness in Christ Jesus. And I love here that it's incomparable to anything else that we might experience. And we can, we can think of a lot of wealth. We're one of the wealthiest nations in the world I mean, we can think of wealth, and and Paul says it's incomparable. These riches of grace and kindness expressed to us in Christ Jesus. And and the super cool part for me is that God wants to show us Mm -hmm. that grace. God wants to show us that kindness in Jesus Christ. So we've got the before and after, uh, not pretty, wow, look <laughs> at what God has made us and where, where we've been placed at the right hand of Jesus Christ. And Paul clarifies at the end, but don't be thinking too much of yourself, right? Again, he's like, uh, real bummer. Uh, but so that no one can boast, understand this was not done by your works. Mm-hmm. This was by the grace of God. 
That's a healthy reminder. And he goes on. Yes. And he says in verse 10, for we are God's handiwork yes. created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Okay, so here's the fascinating thing. He uses this word works twice. And first he says, uh, just remember, it wasn't your works that saved you. But then he goes on to talk about works in a different sense. Instead, he says, you were saved so that you can do works in the kingdom of God. Your works didn't save you, but you were saved that you would do works, participate in the kingdom of God. And Paul also says that we are God's handiwork. Um, other translations would, would translate that word as God's workmanship or God's masterpiece. And I love that. When you look at the Greek, the Greek word is poema, which is where we transliterate that and get the word poem from. That we are God's creative masterpiece. Mm. And, and that just, to me, reminds me of just the goodness of God and his grace and his love that towards us, that we would be his masterpiece and that he draws us in as his masterpiece, as his beloved creation and as his children, that then in turn, we might go forth and and reflect his goodness and his love through these good works that mm -hmm. Paul is talking about. So as we zoom out, Paul is saying this in, in this portion. This is the movement that we look at today. You, we all mm -hmm. have been given new life in Jesus Christ. You are invited to live in new ways because of Jesus. You have been given life, breath, our very being is caught up in who Jesus is and where Jesus is. It's an invitation to leap and celebrate and be seen in this world because we have been given new life in Jesus Christ. And the before and after picture just, just makes that so clear for us. Maybe... Maybe you don't know Christ yet. You haven't found um, new life in him yet. And we just want you to know that that is available. That is offered to all of us. And for those of us who have been following Jesus for, for a while now, it's a good reminder for us that there is abundant life in Christ, mm -hmm. that God is rich in grace and mercy and and rich in purpose for us as well that he has made us alive for a purpose yeah. and that we would live out live into that purpose and live out his love and his grace and his mercy yes yes let's let's pray about that mm -hmm. god thank you for this day and uh thank you uh for all that you have done and god i today acknowledge my sin I acknowledge that I fall short of your glory and your intention in my life. And maybe, maybe all of us today or some of us here today are, are recognizing that. So God, we acknowledge our place. <laughs> and then God, we celebrate you because you are a God of grace, mercy, of love, who has chosen us, who has chosen us and given us new life, seated us with Christ and invited us into the things you are doing in this world. So God, thank you for that picture. God, may we live into who you say we are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you have a fabulous week.